0: The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. You're
1: listening to the Underdog Sports NBA show. With hosts Tyler Laurie and Zandrick Ellison. (laughs) Brought to you by Underdog Sports. Tune in every week as Tyler and Zan recaps the biggest storylines and news in the NBA. Welcome to episode 103 of the Underdog Sports NBA show. I am Tyler Laurie, and I am joined as always by my co-host out in LA, Zandrick Ellison. Zan, we have some basketball How are you feeling today?
0: Good. I mean, like, I I would say it's nothing short of, like, a smashing success. I mean, even you, curmudgeon, at the age of 30, would have to agree. And um, we got so excited that we have this big plan. We're going to do a wins draft, and we want to talk so much about actual basketball, but we need help. So we sent out the bad signal. Who can we get on short notice with credibility and insight? And an unusual way of thinking and a nice quarantine beard. But Blake J. Harris, celebrity author. Welcome back, Blake.
2: Thank you for uh, shooting up the bat signal. I was uh, in the middle of eating some pizza. I saw my name up in the sky and I came out to chat some basketball. I'm excited. It's, I'm very excited. Sports are back, basketball is back. And uh,
0: what would your bat man uniform be? Because you're known for your research, you're known <laughs> for writing, you, you know not even technological stuff, technological stuff. You're writing about Larry David. It's going to be your next book. So what would like sort of your brand be if you had to come up with a uniform?
2: I think it would probably be a silhouette of me with a huge pot belly. Uh, <laughs> or maybe just a grilled cheese sandwich. But...
1: uh because Tyler's, see-
0: we know Tyler's would just be a James Harden uniform. It's basically oh, well, okay. we're gonna
1: we're gonna get into that. I did see a funny meme that was like all this technology at like Wayne Industries, and it's just a light in the sky. Like, what if what if Batman has his blinds closed that night? Is like, <laughs> are they not able to summon him? But that was pretty funny. Apparently not. All right, <laughs> no, it is. Well, I will say real quick, just so people know, because this is we're this is coming out on Monday. We actually uh, recorded on Saturday, so our reactions are going to be from. Thursday night and Friday, and then not Saturday and Sunday's game. So if, what we're sounding like and our first reaction sounds tremendously dated. That is why. But we had a couple scheduling conflicts, more nanny meetings tomorrow for, for Zandrick, I, I think. So,
2: hey, I, I'm prepared to talk about the games from Saturday and Sunday, uh, as if they'd happened. <laughs> he looked good, but what's up with Iguodala? I mean, that guy <laughs> is just so... toast. I feel Tyler. confident in this prediction.
0: But, you know, that's what, like, honestly, that's one of the challenges of doing a podcast about the NBA is we try to really cut lag time as much as we can. But then you have the record time and the posting time and then lag time when people listen, you know, they might not listen right away, eagerly waiting for the podcast to come up. So and there's just so much basketball and so many storylines, especially this week. Like it's almost impossible not to be a little dated.
1: It's there's five games a day for the next like two or three weeks. Plus, like just in terms of like sports in general, like the NHL starting back up baseball is going to be going on until it gets shut down. Cause I, I think that's going to happen. <laughs> but like, it, it, it's finally, it's a situation now where there is just, we went from having zero sports and then like some UFC, some golf, some like NASCAR F1, whatever. And then all of a sudden August 1st rolls around and it's like, bam, you just have sports to watch all day, every day. I, I want to know, Did you guys think like marriages failed during quarantine because people hated being around each other? The ones that lasted, do you think they're now going to fail because like there's just so much else to do?
0: It started with me. I'll tell you that. Like (laughs) I'm on baby duty 24-7 now this week until we get a nanny. And it's hard. It's hard to like justify like, hey, um, like I'm half watching the baby, half watching, you know. Memphis Portland at two in the afternoon. I mean, like my like dad husband skills have definitely started to plummet in the playoffs. It, like your boy James Harden.
1: It's crazy. I, I think it's funny. I want to take you guys are taking a lot of shots at me. Iguodala. Like I'm not going to roll over <laughs> on that take just yet. One take I will roll over on uh, two unders on Thursday night and then Friday. <laughs> like literally every single game went over. Like,
2: Dallas Houston game. In the first half, almost went over the L.A. L.A. game from Thursday yeah. night. I, I think what
1: I what I underestimated was in 2011 when the lockout occurred, like everybody was out of shape, but the league was very different. Now being out of shape means like nobody is going to really guard because guys got to the rim yesterday, or I got to the rim on Friday at will, like legitimately at will, like no rim protectors, no nothing. I, I think we're going to see a lot more high-scoring game. I mean, Sacramento-San Antonio was like 129 and 122. Like, those teams are both very poor offensive teams. Like, I'm excited. It's going to be great, Like You and I were texting a little bit about this. Like, I think we're going to see a lot of games that get to, like, 260,
2: 275. Yeah, I mean, it'll maybe be weird in the playoffs. So, I guess we'll see if playoff basketball really is different than regular season score at well Basketball. But I, well, it, I love yeah. it. It's fun. I like the, the
1: offensive. Firepower. Well, that's what I was going to talk the, about I was the I lowest was teasing. score yesterday was like Was two thirty seven? I think Boston and Milwaukee was the lowest score on Friday.
0: Um, I was teasing Tyler because we'll talk about James Harden. Um, I, you know, every time James Harden has a great game, you know, Tyler likes to gloat, and and I like to, just, I just tease him really about you know how it's the regular season. Right. You, think James, was, you,
1: you think James Harden is a great player. You just think that no, absolutely. I think he's... I mean,
0: like, we were reacting mostly to the Dallas game, and I was like... I my think take he's without
1: fault. How about that? Without <laughs> fault. Perfect basketball player.
0: No, I'll tell you that my takeaway from that game was, like, I, you know, MVP is going to be Giannis. It's going to be LeBron. Harden's going to be a distant third. Yep. Like, shouldn't he be second, right? I mean, like, the guy's averaging 34 points a game. Like, I'm just thinking of this Houston team.
2: Uh, Yeah, I I mean, we'll get to this when we get to the wins draft, but I think Houston potentially is the best team. I know that you guys think that they're super flawed, but like, because if you think about, you know, the two man super teams now, Anthony Davis, LeBron James, Paul George, Kawhi, James Harden and Russell Westbrook. I was thinking about the rest of the supporting cast. I think that I, I think Houston's supporting cast is better than the others.
0: I Well, I was thinking like in terms of MVP, like, but it's limited. It's like so built around him being able yeah. to score it well. And, um,
1: 50 on 20 shots, 49 on 20 shots on Friday night. That's, that's ridiculous. Like,
0: yeah. And also like something that's kind of underrated is like, he just plays a lot too. So yeah. when you have a thin team like that, I mean, they have a pretty good supporting cast for what they have. Good, good starting five, but you know, seven, eight, nine is really bad. I'd say. Um, And luckily, they can count on James Harden to play 37 minutes a night and not miss a game.
1: One of the things I think, let's just start with that Dallas-Houston game on Friday, because it was such a huge deal anyway, because Dallas was three behind Houston in the loss column, up eight with like, uh, I don't even remember, like 50 seconds left or something. Harden misses a free throw. They get a tip in from uh, Robert Covington, who played particularly poorly on offense, was a little bit better on defense, but... And then they end up winning in overtime. And like I said, Harden goes for 49 on 20 shots. Westbrook, a double-double as well. 31 and uh, 11. I thought he was particularly bad defensively. And I'll point out what I think is Houston's major flaw in the bubble. But one of the things that I thought was crazy is like, I guess we didn't talk about James Harden without any distractions. Like he can't do anything, right? So there's all these rumors about how he stays up really late. He goes to strip clubs. He goes to bars, whatever. He's traveling. He's traveling. What about James Harden with no distractions, fellas? What if he's just like in his hotel room for the next 3 months? Are we really maybe going to see like a different mode of James Harden where all he kind of does is play basketball? Like I'm serious. I'm That's part
2: of the number 1 team to go in the wind drafts. <laughs>
1: Spoiler alert.
0: <laughs> well, I, I had a, actually I wanted to like tie it into cuz it's like we're talking we, we hinted at this. Um the crux of, like, when we always argue about James Harden is, like, I think he, statistically he gets worse in the playoffs. His percentages drop. 100%. That is
1: and that is an indisputable fact he gets no, worse I, in the playoffs.
0: And and Tyler mentioned, rightfully so, that everyone's percentages drop in the playoffs. And I was surprised by how much. It goes down – people's three-point shooting goes down about 2% in the playoffs, which is hard to really justify. Um, I guess better teams, better defense, I don't know. But my big question with this bubble is – are we going to see that change to, quote-unquote, playoff basketball? Like right. Maybe the fact that like the pace will stay up. Maybe the fact the refs will keep calling it the way they are, which are granting a lot of free throws right now. They
1: were, they were pretty bad on Thursday and, and Friday night, I thought. Officials were, were pretty so How
0: So how are all these teams that are playing in this bubble going to be like, okay, wait, now it's the playoffs on Tuesday, so we have to stop playing the way we did on Monday? When's that okay. going to happen?
1: Yeah, you remember I I, I talked about that. I don't remember if it was last week or or three weeks ago whenever we recorded the time before that, but I I remember saying that, like, I think that one of the things with the bubble is teams are going to not be able to adjust quite as quickly because you're going to have to get used to how guys are playing and there's not going to be as many samples because, like, what you see in terms of, like, how the Clippers played in February, that may not be how they're playing. They're trying to integrate three guys that only played, like, ten games with them. So I think it's going to be very different, Zan. I, I think that's a really good point is, like, how are we going to watch referees adjust? Because they're not going to have a sample for how guys are playing at all. And I, like I said, I, I think the refs are going to be pretty hands on to start. I think would be my and then guess. Going to
0: pull it back in the play. It's hard to say because I feel like maybe the lack of like crowd and distractions and all the TV in front of you like makes them less shy. Because to me, it's almost like the NFL. You always hear they could call holding on every play, right? If they wanted to, could they call a foul on every James Harden drive? Probably. And are they just going to do that now?
1: I don't, I don't know. I, I really don't know. I mean, like Blake, you, you watched a lot of basketball on Thursday and Friday. Like, what do you, what do you think from what you saw? Do you, do you expect, it's easy to make a knee reaction, but like do you think the way the officials call the games on Thursday and Friday is indicative of how they'll call it the rest of the way? Or do you think like they need time to ramp up as well? They need time to watch film and see like, okay, we're getting this wrong. We're getting this right.
2: Well, they have to figure out what will we'll get the Lakers to the finals, right? <laughs> I don't know. I, th- I think it's like uh, something that Zandrick said last week on the show. Uh, uh, I'll, I'll botch exactly what you said, but was something like that. This is like a good basketball experiment because you, you know, it's sort of more of a, a more pure basketball experiment because you don't have the influences of the crowds, like, like you're saying. Um, I, I, I want to ask about something you said earlier, Tyler. You said that the Dallas the Rockets game from last Friday was important because Dallas was three games behind Houston. What does three, like what does the games back matter at all anymore? And and specifically from what you're hearing from coaches and players, like, like the seating, because there's no home court advantage. How does any of this really matter? Except I guess you probably don't want to play the Lakers or Clippers in the first round, though. I'm not even sure. I mean, maybe you'd rather play them early.
1: That was it really is. I, I wouldn't want to play the Clippers like after Friday night, I don't I'm not going to say that Dallas is like absolutely locked into the 7 spot but they're now 4 games back in the loss column of both Houston and Oklahoma City for for 6 and 7 so I think it's going to be pretty hard for them to be you know they're they're going to they're pretty much locked into playing whatever two And seniors.
2: and just for uh the listeners at home that are as ignorant as I am am I to understand that at the end of the eight game seating games or whatever they're called um your 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 ranking your your seeding number is what you actually go into the playoffs as there's no yeah. more like Dungeons and dragon situations where you're rolling a dice and if you're within four mm-hmm. games of this guy then you have a chance to flop oh, the seed
1: only the only the eight seed so like essentially what could happen is like obviously the clippers could play worse without like Lou Williams and Montrez and, and they could they could fall to like the 3 spot and maybe being in the 7 spot's good cuz you end up playing Denver like they're only a game ahead of Denver so depending on what we see from Denver on Saturday, like, Denver could be a half game back of the Clippers going but into
2: the Sunday. The playing game stuff is so is very funny to me. Like, right. the, if you're within four games, that, that part in particular.
1: might It's going to happen in the West. I of mean, course like, it's going to happen. Like the, Portland, like, the Portland-Memphis game was, first of all, probably the Dallas-Houston was a great game on Friday night, but Portland-Memphis was, like, also an awesome game. Like, they played yeah. everybody a ton of minutes. Like, goes into overtime. Both teams played really well. Like, unlike the New Orleans Pelicans, the Trailblazers oh, yeah. and Memphis Grizzlies – want to play as much basketball as possible. Oh, that, was, like,
0: that was like probably the biggest reaction I got from like fans texting and friends, just like the idea, like you worked so hard to get here, you know, and, and New Orleans had such a bad start to the season and then Zion comes back and they concoct basically this bizarre like system Partly to like get <laughs> Zion into the playoffs.
1: It was like legitimately only to get Zion.
2: In. No, like it was, there was that. That's what this is very funny. No, it was like, actually just to get Zion. Into the
1: playoffs. Like I actually wondered after Thursday night Zion plays fifteen minutes. They don't close the game with him. They lose by two. He was good when he was in. I mean, he still looks. He still looks. See, happy I
0: am sure. mixed on that. By the way, but, but he, hold on. Let me
1: let me just say this, yeah. and then I'll let you go into your Zion eating donuts on the bench. Uh, text <laughs> messages you received <laughs> from our ombudsman Don Ellison. But like. It's like it was a miracle, like just because of the way they concocted. Like, all right, you also get Damian Lillard in, and that could actually cause real ripples to like the playoffs if Portland gets in. They looked quite good offensively, but like, man, do you think Adam Silver called like David Griffin and was like, "All right, man, yeah. what the hell, dude? Like, what, what the hell?" I mean, I yeah. really feel like it was crazy. It's one, of, it's
0: one of my pet peeves. Or it's like also when people like save people for foul trouble. They're like, "Oh, he's in foul trouble. Let's take him out for ten minutes." Like that's. Like So just in case he can play the last two minutes of a game um, doesn't make a lot of sense. And I get saving Zion, I guess. I don't know. Is this him? He's always going to be kind of hurt. I, I don't understand how he awesome. cannot not be healthy right now. Um, And so I, it made me feel dumb. It made me
2: feel like I, the, one of my least favorite things about the, the least favorite moment about being a sports fan is when you feel like you care more than the actual people involved because that just makes you feel very silly. Like, I, I, you know, I try to take everything in stride. I'm not someone who's painting my face and fat stomach at games or anything like that. But, like, there's things I care about, things I think are more important than others. And when we, you know, we've been talking for the past few months, you guys on the show or us by text or maybe with other friends about, like, can the Pelicans get in? It's set up for Zion. And then, like, they don't even care about it. I mean, it just makes me feel kind of dumb um yeah and i also I, i'm curious like i, I was talking to a, a friend yesterday uh he 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 agreed with the decision to sort of like rest zion like well you know you're not gonna win the championship anyway this year he said, if you're the pelicans and uh you know you can't argue with that logic but then i thought like well then what about next year why don't they just not play him like they're not gonna win the championship next year why don't they get a higher draft pick
1: like, right what, if, it, 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 And it's weird, too, because Alvin Gentry, after the game, I don't know if you guys saw his quote, but he, like, totally blamed the medical staff. Like, didn't even say, like, it was a decision we reached together. I think his actual quote was – I think I have it in front of me. It said, like, of course we wish we could have played him down the stretch, but we used the minutes that were given to us, and that's the way it is. The medical people said we played them in the minutes that were allowed for us to play him and just move on. And it's, like, I wonder if Alvin Gentry's also frustrated with this because, like, obviously – I don't know if Zion's their best player. He, he probably would be in, in normal minutes. Like, Drew Holiday's great. Ingram's quite good. But, like, I wonder if Alvin Gentry's just like, man, this is a joke. Because, like, if we lose and I get fired, I didn't get a chance to actually play this guy. And, like, you don't typically see coaches do that. And Gentry's a pretty diplomatic dude. And I, I thought it was really kind of – I don't want to read too much into it. It probably was just him telling what the situation was, but I thought he sounded a little frustrated because it's like, man, we definitely could have won this game. It was an important game well, for us.
0: And there was such an opportunity. You're talking about a dead ball.
1: Six seconds Six left, right? Six seconds
0: left. Yeah, you're down one. And that was my complaint about Zion from a game perspective. It was it was Dondrick Elson, my brother, who was really chirping at him. Called him a little chubster, eating donuts on the <laughs> he's bench. A big, he's a big dude. He he's said he's going to be out of the league in five years. Um, the, my fear with him, like... You know, like, we still haven't seen him, I guess, fully healthy for whatever reason.
2: Can, can I ask and, brief, briefly about that? Okay. I feel like we've all collectively been, like, inceptioned. What, did he get injured over the past <laughs> few months? Like, I have like, no like, idea. He left the bubble for, as we're told, uh, reasons that have nothing to do with health. I have no I, idea. I feel no like clue. everyone's talking about him like as if like oh he just got he's coming back from an injury. We got to right. be careful. Like, he he they, had been
0: like working his way up, and then you figure three months later you'd be fine. I think. And, and they posted those pictures, and they were
1: like Zion got
0: jacked over quarantine. It's right. like not
1: not really. Like he didn't really get jacked. I don't. I honestly, I agree with you, Blake. Like. As much as I want to see Zion, and it, it is, like, not to, like, wildly speculate, but I have no idea. I didn't see an injury for him. Like, I didn't see anything about that. Well, it, and all of a it, sudden, he's just playing 15 minutes. Like, we can't ramp the guy up. Like
0: It's like the guy with the great sports car, like Ferris Bueller's it, Cam's dad. He's <laughs> yeah, like keeping the garage. Like, what's the point? Like, you're just like, and you're so Don't touch it. Don't You know, you can't smudge it. I'm like, what's the point of buying this? Like, I understand it looks cool. Um. No,
2: but that's a good analogy, but I feel
0: like it's like, uh, Cameron's father was, was like
2: at first being very careful and then he started driving the car around and then he was like taking a road trip to, uh. Trader Joe's. No, he was taking a road trip. And then, like, he went on a. Then we went on a break for two months. And he came back, and he's like, "What? I never take the car out." And it's like, "Wait a minute, you were you were taking road trips last time, (laughs)
0: last previously." wouldn't that be like at the end of that movie? Spoiler alert: Cameron like drives it off the cliff or something. It rolls (laughs) off the cliff,
1: right? It It rolls off the cliff.
0: Wouldn't that be Alvin Gentry's like last?
1: Like stand he just plays like, Zion, like, Zion 40, minutes. forty minutes to try <laughs> to get the AC, and then he just never plays again. <laughs> well, well just, and, like,
2: the, and the the funny thing in contrast is like I couldn't help but think about um, last year because when I was talking with my friend yesterday about like, well, then why basically play Zion next year? What about at Duke? After Zion, like, broke his shoe and almost hurt himself, I was was, like 13 games into the season, and people were like, oh, shut him down. But Zion wanted to play because he's a competitor, and he actually, I think, had a lot of fun. So in college, when it especially didn't count, he came back and played, and in the NBA, when it quote-unquote counts, like, He's not playing in these games you know, more than 15 minutes. True, truthfully, yeah.
1: like, it, it really was a, a very curious thing. Because here, here's the other thing, guys. Like, I'm an analytical dude. Like, I, I like to pay attention to this stuff. But, like, what's the law of diminishing returns on if he plays 15 minutes or 15 minutes and six seconds? Right. Like, I'm serious. Like, what, what's going to happen? Like, well, yeah, it's a bigger injured. picture. He could get injured at nine minutes, though. You know what I mean? Like, he could roll his ankle and, and then his knee's messed up. I don't know. Like, I'm just saying, like, it's...
0: They're, they must be worried about him. Like, they must so think, too. like, right. his body right now is not constructed in a way to, that's meant to play heavy-duty minutes, I and, guess.
1: and maybe they were going to... You know, I, I think we talked about this, but the whole, like... Remember when Miles Turner was drafted and they sent him to P3 Sports to, like, fix the way that he ran because they thought he wouldn't hold up and they ended up doing it? Maybe they needed the offseason to do that, but because Zion got hurt, right. they couldn't. So they really want this offseason to make sure that, like, they can fix whatever... Because we don't know what his medicals are, but obviously, like, his, his body is... Pretty unlike any other NBA player. The, yeah, they we've might ever say, see. like, he
0: really should lose 20 pounds, and he just hasn't had the chance tell, to do that. Tell Dondrick
1: that uh, Anthony, Anthony Bennett got four years in the league. So Zion's going to be in the league <laughs> for five years unless something
0: happens. But yeah. And the thing that's so frustrating, because he is so fun to watch, um, but the, the reason that's so frustrating, because it's like he's never been fully healthy, and he keeps saying, oh, he's not 100%. He's not 100%. I'm just like, when are we going to see that? And then when are we going? And if, if he's never 100% like when are we going to see like the defensive presence of Zion Williamson cuz like right like i would say the the first game back it's like he still looked like he's not really quick enough and like can't really defend the rim that as well as he should given his athleticism cuz he has shorter arms i was i don't think it's a small thing like i saw him like whiff block shots like two or three times just cuz he's not that long and i'm like is this guy just going to be Blake Griffin which is great but not you know best player in the league you know because he has defensive limitations he has size limitations
1: I think it's a good point because defense you can you can get drilled on it as much as you want in practice but timing in games is the most important thing like you have to learn how to be a good positional defender he was an absolute like terror defensively at Duke when he was playing and we saw like the highlight reel blocks and everything but if he's gonna play like a free safety and kind of protect the rim and and just guard guys in his area. Like, he has to learn how to do that. And if he never plays, it's going right. to take so much longer to do. I think that's a really good point. And I, I actually, well, I actually don't I do think that's a good point. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> and, and that was like my takeaway. We could talk about the winds draft. Like, I'm like, New Orleans, like, look, if Zion, we talked about last week, I'm like, if Zion comes back and he's just amazing and he's like a top five player, then they have a chance to make noise. But based on what we saw, they're not. And I would say about same about Portland. Like, everyone's getting excited. Like, hey, they might work their way into the eighth seed. But watching them play, I'm like, Lil is really great. You know, top ten player. But, like, the depth is just so bad. And they're playing, like, a bunch of scrubs. And I'm like, I don't see this team winning more than a game or two at most. So, I'm like, it's like a lot of sound and fury, like, signifying nothing to think, like, who's going to get the eighth seed? You know? None of these guys are going to do anything.
1: Yeah, I... uh Portland is interesting just because, like, I guess you could – the recipe is, like, you watch – I mean, C.J. McCollum was incredible on Friday. Like, he was so good. And Nurkic was really good defensively. Dame was good. Carmelo was was quite good in his uh, particular role. But, like, they need Dame to average, like, 38 a game if they're going to have a chance against the Lakers, right? We haven't even talked about the Lakers.
0: <laughs> well, and also about Portland, one last thing is that it's like we're joking that <clears throat> the names on the back of the jersey make it hard to – It's like the fringe guys. Like, I was watching without sound. And freaking Portland, they were my frustration because they had Mario Hazonia and Zach Collins. And I'm like, I think I know the difference. But when they come on, they're both like, I'm like, they have two of these guys, like big white guys with like curly Q hair. Zach, I'm like, Collins, come uses on.
1: More, Zach Collins uses more hair products. What do you guys think I, of the... Uh Viewer experience so far. A, well, a I was going to
0: say too. I think that's why the refs are, you know, maybe going to call fair games because they're used to Ooh, giving star calls. That's a good. That's a good point. And then they say like, "Who was that? That was equality." I can't. <laughs> so, versus equality, I can't so, judge. So maybe that's why equality James Harden,
2: is a subtle reminder that maybe if you call it equal. Yeah.
1: Maybe, maybe that's why James Harden's actually going to get refed in a normal way because they'll recognize him with the beard. Like it'll be like, "Oh, we know that's James Harden, so we'll call a foul this time." But if he'd shaved his beard, maybe he'd get refed like everyone else. I don't know.
0: This is Andrew. This is Andrew talking. You guys disagree with this, but I do think there were. I did hear a couple reports actually. There was like a KKK meeting and stuff like that, and and they were going to go burn across. And then they they caught a glimpse, and Kyle Kuzma was wearing an equality jersey, and they just totally changed (laughs) their mind, and they're like, you know what, like, Like, makes the point.
1: I probably have to edit this. Like that's all right. Yeah,
0: you should loop that because it was so funny. You (laughs) got to play.
1: well, okay, so we'll talk about the...
0: But in general, like, positive, joking about that, I thought they did a good job. I mean, NBA does not get enough credit almost for the... Forget the social messaging. They're freaking pulling off an NBA bubble in the middle of, like, a pandemic. I mean, yeah, come on, give them some credit good. for that. I, and I, I, I think the home court thing kind of worked
1: a little bit. The crowd stuff is good. I, I kind of enjoyed the crowd stuff. It makes the game... I, I also my, think... My the, wife they,
0: was, like, oddly fascinated by the fake... Fan. Yeah, like, this is like fans. Yeah, the zoom fans. It's ridiculous, but she could watch that. For let like me a let
1: minute. me ask you this. If the NBA offered the live feed with no crowd noise where you could hear the game on like HBO for 10 bucks for the ne- 10 bucks a month, like 30 bucks for the next couple months, would you guys pay for it to hear an unedited version of what guys say to each other during the game?
2: Is it all like social justice messaging? <laughs> <laughs> Because so. if not, then I'll pay the uh, I'll pay the ten dollars to hear actual game stuff.
1: No, I, I I think they've done a good job so far. They've I, done a I, fantastic job. I, I mean, I I don't tell- know. the social justice thing is interesting, just because like it is. I, I wonder. You know, we've we've only seen two seven games, right? We've seen that that's what we've seen as of our time of recording, and it has been talked about a good bit. I didn't think in Boston and Milwaukee that it was brought up quite as much, and I just think Mike Green is a little bit more he's just like better at announcing basketball games. So there's not as much dead air and Van Gundy and Mark Jackson are just constantly crowing in each other's ear about God knows what. So like, I actually thought that was interesting in terms of a Friday at ESPN game, but do I don't think it's going to continue like this, Blake, like I I think, and and when I say that, I mean, it's like top of mind of every broadcast. I think by the time we actually get in and there's real basketball storylines to talk about, it's not going to be so kind of stark, I would say. And I, I don't think it like, Destroys the broadcast. It's just and, it, and it's good Perhaps if not, people who are watching care about it. But the problem with this is the fan group is largely an echo chamber of people that agree with this anyway. So like, it's I don't know I I, I don't know. I think no, it's good. I think the like
2: obviously it it ruffles my feathers a little bit. But I think the the the, the counter argument to what you're saying that would be the counter argument to my point of view is that it's it's not. It's not really about speaking the echo chamber. It's about speaking to like, the kids of the echo chamber. Right. If that's I was a kid seeing this happen, I'd be like, wow, that's, you know. It, but to be clear the real, real quick. cares a lot about equality. That, that's something I should care about. So,
1: Well, to be clear to your comment that like it ruffles your feathers, it doesn't ruffle your feathers to see people talking about social injustice it, you, think, like the message, oh, you think the messaging is muddled a little bit as well like there's a good example
2: i i i care about social justice and there's other causes i care about and i write books and in between the chapters i don't take breaks to say oh now i have your attention now i'm gonna <laughs> like deploy this message i uh I, it's more of like i guess like an old school way of thinking like i grew up in a pre-social media free internet era like i think that I i don't think shut up and dribble or stick to sports but maybe when you're actually dribbling stick to the dribble like <laughs> that's kind of what i say and like i know that that's a personal taste so I, i'm aware that a lot of people yeah well and some
0: people and I respect that some people don't like when you know nba podcasts talk about politics but we're not talking about the politics not, we're talking about the basketball this, is, ex- yeah, I guess this is part I'm, of I'm, the I'm, I'm, viewer I'm, I'm,
1: experience at this point I'm, it is you right. can't argue with that they've made it part of the viewer experience so it's like Their ratings were good on Thursday night. I I think they got like three three and a half million, 3.4 million tuned into Lakers Clippers. And obviously it's a huge brand. It's LeBron. It's Kawhi. Even though Kawhi's not a big draw, they moved the game up an hour, which did do well. But typically Thursday night, NBA Western Conference games were only doing like 1.2, 1.3 million. So like that's a good number for them.
0: Right. But I like what Blake said about maybe it's for the kids. Like... And it's just like sort of like soaking it in and making it like the new normal. Because like well, I don't know
1: about you guys, but I had Theo directly in front of the television for twelve hours <laughs> on Friday to make sure. And and he literally he came away, and his first words were, "How
0: many more?" <laughs> so, many more? well, and uh, but uh, seriously, like our our baby like watches like when, not supposed to screen time's bad, I guess. But you know when Sesame Street's on, and like. Sesame street will be like, Hey, let's sing a song about washing your hands. I'm like, that's become part that's of good. like the culture now. Yeah. I'm like, that's cool. Actually. That's good for them to learn it. And little things too. Like when we were kids, Blake, at least you're my age, I, I never really heard anything about like, Hey, let's stop bullying. Like bullying's bad. Like, I feel like that's such a big part of like childhood. Now when we were kids, it was just sort of like, you know throw you to the wolves that was just well, part now, of the
1: experience right? when you guys were kids people had to bully in person now now there's so that's much it's <laughs> a little true. different now people are not afraid to because they don't have to like walk up and face that's their probably actually why bullying
0: is the the stress against bullying because it is so much easier to bully people now i think yeah social media that's i want nice. i, I, I want to go
1: away from that in a second i want to talk about the three favorites before we jump into the wind strap because we, we're about halfway through but right. what are your guys thoughts on so clippers lakers thursday night and then bucks celtics what what are, you know,
0: Blake? Well, we could what, fold it in. Let's fold it into the wins draft because we could talk about yeah, let's the Let's jump
2: into the wins draft. I'm All very right. curious to hear what yeah. you guys are feeling. Who what's, so our, what's our What's order? the concept?
0: The concept is, we have, that's why we wanted three people, really, because there's three clear favorites. It would yeah. be unfair otherwise. But we're just basically um, going to pick a team in a snake draft style, and you get one point for every playoff win only, right? So the bubble wins don't count. So if you lose in the first round four to two, that's two wins added to your team, and if you win the title, that's what sixteen.
2: Yeah, sixteen um, wins.
0: So that's the most important. But w- but it's kind of interesting because there is there are such like tiers to this. We thought three people would be perfect. We haven't decided an order though. So Blake, why don't you figure that out?
1: <laughs> um. Yeah. All right. So uh, why don't you go first, Blake? It was your brainchild. It actually wasn't. It was no, it was bro- so it- <laughs> Yeah, yeah but you're the guest. You should go. The first. brain, so the, the brainchild of your brainchild. So.
0: <laughs> well, also because Tyler already tipped his hand by texting anyone who doesn't take Milwaukee know, first is do- an do
1: From a, a pure statistical, work. from a pure statistical standpoint, if you don't take Milwaukee first, it's it's bad i think because, that's like, a direct the direct Clippers- challenge
0: to blake with the number one pick and he might want to be each other though
2: we were the the three of us uh we you know we talk offline a bunch and we were recently i was recently re-listening to and and uh live texting about our nba draft our, our pre-draft um mock draft so why don't we do reverse order of that that one was me zandrick tyler so why don't we go tyler zandrick blake for this one
0: Okay. That's fine. You can pick, since you are the guest. And thanks for reminding me. You mentioned, too, that I picked R.J. Barrett over John Morant. So that's the second pick. Puts the chip on my shoulder. So so you're back in the second pick. I I don't want the second. I'm happy to trade out of the second pick. The
1: second pick's the worst. Yeah, you want the first or the third. Maybe the first pick's the worst. The third pick might be the best because you might just luck into the title.
0: I was hoping to egg one of you guys on to do something crazy and not take – I don't know if it's crazy but Tyler's probably I'm gonna take Milwaukee
1: Milwaukee first right two two reasons I think one they're in the east so they have the clearest path to 12 wins and then they'll play one of the other I I would assume the chances are very high that they would play either the Lakers or the Clippers in the finals now Boston I thought rebounded from a really rough start on Friday night and made it a game it was very close there was a kind of a block charge call that I thought was like very clearly a block. Marcus Smart managed to like move his feet twice. Well, Giannis equality was in the air. So I think that Giannis is the best player in the bubble. Like he was spectacular on defense. He was unstoppable on offense. He had five fouls. I thought they were trying to foul him out of the game. It's going to be tough to do so. But like, if you're the bucks, you just, Get to skate, I think, to the Eastern Conference Finals, and then you're probably going to win the Eastern Conference Finals, and you don't have the risk like you do with the Lakers or the Clippers if your first pick, of your first pick losing before the finals. I just think their risk is lower, and that's why right. like, I wrote Milwaukee down is
0: smarter. I wrote down like the high end and low end for this sort of wins draft, and let's say Milwaukee loses in the finals. That's still you know. 13-14 wins. Yeah. wins. You know, like they're gonna make the finals, barring something crazy. So I, I mean, think they've got to right.
1: be—they've got to be like an overwhelming. Face. I said to you, Zan, I think via text that like Milwaukee and the two LA teams should be like minus five hundred to be to be the ti- to win the title, and it might need to be bigger than that. Like Milwaukee's got to be like minus five hundred to win the East.
0: Yeah, and i they not, away from but this, they should be. Like, I came away from this first weekend thinking Milwaukee's gonna win the title. Honestly, like. My thought process is just, like, the way that teams are constructed now, there's so much space. There's so, like, everyone's playing small ball. It's just, like, perfect for guys with, like, strength and length. And, like, you see it, like, even, like, Luka Doncic. Like, he's really successful scoring inside because he's Mm. bigger and stronger than people and Harden, too. And then Giannis is just, like, the super version of
1: that. And and there's nobody on, in the East, right? So if they were to play Philly – Milwaukee, then they do have Ben Simmons to match up with Giannis, and I guess Toronto has Pascal Siakam, but Boston, who is probably the second best team in the East, they just don't have one of those super sized wings like like Tatum is tall, Jalen Brown's tall, and, and Strom, like they, they just don't have one of those really super sized wings that can like lean on Giannis like a Kawhi or a Paul George. So like I think we saw on Friday night, like Boston, Jason Tatum played a horrendous game. Like he was just so bad on offense, one of the probably the worst offense games he's ever played. But like that's the biggest thing against the second tier teams in the East is like, can you have somebody that can at least like make it difficult for Giannis and Boston doesn't have that. And they don't have a rim protector, you know, like Daniel so, so let me ask you, good.
2: how, how, how do you, how do you reconcile the fact that you just said that the bucks should be negative 500 or like overwhelming favorites to skate through the East. And the fact that the Celtics almost beat them and Tatum had Tatum had his worst, their best offensive player had his worst offensive game in his career. Like I'm not saying, Oh, now, if Tatum plays well, they'll beat the Bucs. But, like, they clearly would
1: seem to push them. I mean, Marcus Smart had, like, 25 points uh, Friday night, Blake. I don't think that's going to happen. Like, when you have Marcus Smart. sustainable. Smart's... That's very sustainable. <laughs> I like <laughs> so, that. I, Did
0: you guys watch that game that the, Marcus Smart was barking about? They had a couple of controversial calls to keep you I, I thought the,
1: the refs were terrible. Both yeah. sides of the ball, to be honest with you. They
0: were in playoff form to keep their star in the game, that's for sure.
1: But he was screaming. There was the and one late in the game on Jalen Brown, and it was clearly a foul on uh, Brooke Lopez, I thought. But Marcus Smart, they picked up the hot mic, and he was screaming, that's on Giannis, that's on Giannis. There was like a minute 15 to go. They were down three. I enjoyed that. I thought that was funny. I like Marcus Smart. He's very ir- He's very irritating. It's it's good, I think. good. Teammate. I keep
2: having this fantasy that the referees in the bubble instead of wearing the... Uh you know, footlocker stripe uniform that they'll be wearing, that they should dress like cops. <laughs> <laughs> it um, would really like help with the imaging. But of if it. they
1: also had referees, <laughs> they were acting both as NBA refs, but then also as like coronavirus monitors <laughs> So like they were keeping, they were like also in a perimeter. Like if you were just like, like, really like the cafeteria, like, yeah. Like Eddie Malloy's like not refing a game that day, so his job is to like make sure nobody leaves the ball. He's like sitting at like a that'd be uh, very funny, like a ticket gate at the beginning of Disney World. I, I don't know. I, I agree with you. I think like the team's equities, I would say, in terms of winning the title, run like closer than you would expect, right? Like I don't think like Milwaukee's not eighty percent to win the East, but I think that it was pretty clear, like because Chris Middleton didn't play great last night, right? And that's it's game number one for these teams. And I think that that's where I would say that I would expect Milwaukee to get better, right? Just like you'd expect Boston to get better. So I don't know. I agree with you in the sense that like Jason Tatum played awful and Boston had a chance to win. I I just think that they're going to really struggle in a seven game series because I think you need to build a wall against Giannis, like let him shoot. But the problem is they don't have a big enough defender to bother him. And then they don't have anybody at the rim. Like you can't just put, Hayward and Daniel Tice like they, they need to play Robert Williams I think if they're going to play Milwaukee to the best of their ability. which
2: team in the east do you think is best equipped for that MAGA defense that you described to build the wall against Giannis
1: <laughs> probably Philly right no at Toronto Toronto for sure because you know they do have the two small guards but like you have Siakam you have Marcus Saul you have Serge Ibaka so you have guys that can make it difficult on Giannis at the rim I mean there were times where like like I said like Giannis looks like Will Chamberlain getting rebounds and like Getting putbacks against freaking Boston last night, like he's he looked like he was four inches taller than Daniel Tice. Like Giannis looked like he was like seven five. I'm not joking. Like it was, it's insane. The guy's a joke. He's like, it, there were times last night where I was like, Giannis is going to be the best player of all time. I'm not joking. Like I, I, I'm serious about that. Where I watched him, I was like, this guy's going to be unstoppable in
0: two years. Well, he's unstoppable now. I mean, like his stats are just ridiculous. Um, I'm being quiet because I'm I'm like literally stressing about the second pick. Honestly, like I keep going back and forth. I've gone back and forth in my head like three times because obviously the the Laker team, I mean, not the Laker team, the LA teams. I'm just so torn. I'll tell you my dilemma here. Like the Lakers watching them. I'm like, I think they, you know, their fear was like, do they have enough supporting cast? I think they probably do. I mean, if they play Alex Caruso, he's fine. KCP's fine. Danny Green's pretty good. I think they have enough. To win the title around their two, obviously, superstars. And for the Clippers, it's just like they still feel like they haven't figured out who they are yet, what their rotation is yet. Lou Williams doesn't seem fully engaged, obviously. Um, so I don't know. And then you also factor in if you talk about a wins draft, the Lakers are going to be the first seed and they'll have an easier time versus the eight than the Clippers against whoever the seventh is. I don't know. I'm really torn. I'm I don't think the Clippers are there yet. I still think they need a lot to figure out. But I'm hopeful that the next week or two they figure out their rotation. They come out with like their their seven guys that they can play. It's probably not Landry Shamet, it's probably not Patrick Patterson.
1: Definitely but not I'm Reggie ho- Jackson 35 minutes a game.
0: Definitely. Right. I I just the the big like the million dollar question is like can Lou Williams and her, or hell, I always get his name wrong merge with this other team can like these two halves become one. Um, I I I'm going to bet that they can, although very reluctantly. So I'm going to go with the Clippers. Number two,
1: they have the most talent right in the bubble. I think it's just a certain like time.
0: overall, but like, yeah. it's like a diminishing return. Cause like your 10th man's not going to help you very much.
1: They also probably are the most susceptible to injury, I would guess. If Kawhi gets hurt, I, I think Kawhi is so important to what they do on offense and defense at the same rate. Like, I I don't
0: know. I, See, I, I was thought, thinking the Lakers were more susceptible in this sense. Like, yeah, if, LeBron if they gets lose her, one of the two, yeah, they're really going
1: to fall. I out. mean, the big trump card, right, for Lakers Clippers, which we saw Thursday night, Lakers won by two. In the third quarter, Kawhi and Paul George were literally killing. And then all of a sudden, LeBron was very very good down the stretch very good defensively anthony davis was tremendous on offense it's it's insane to watch anthony davis play he, he reminds me a little bit of kevin durant in the sense that like when you watch him it's it's like shocking the way he moves and the skills that he has at his size yes. but that's the one trump card that the lakers have over the clippers right is that they have anthony davis and the clippers have nobody to guard anthony davis it, it's it's wild to me and i think that in a matchup he's he's been great in the matchups versus the clippers or so far this year do you think anthony davis can be great enough in a seven game series that the lakers can overcome that yes. talent discrepancy <laughs> yeah
0: i i mean not to like jump on maybe pot, potentially blake's pick um i cu- every time i watch anthony davis i come like, away like is this guy the best player just because he can do everything and i know you don't like building around big guys but like he doesn't count Well, a guy with his skill set is probably the most rare commodity, right? I mean, like, you know, obviously Giannis is unique, but, like, we've seen a lot of great, like, small forward wings with the ball scoring 37-7, and but, like, there's just not that many guys who allow you to go big or small, play however pace you want, take advantage of teams that are going small, and not lose anything on defense. I mean, it's such, like, an trump card almost
1: you know and the other thing too with the lakers i think now maybe i'll make you regret this before we'll let blake decide if he's <laughs> going to pick houston and he can pick both so it's fine he's yeah. a great pick great draft lebron is not the type of star i, I kind of thought at the end on thursday night and we kind of joked about this not really joked about it, but like Kawhi can get stuck like he can put his head down and he's like i need to score and he, he really was great as a passer this year he, he improved it, 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 in that regard i thought but He's not tremendous as a playmaker. You can get him, you can double him, you can make the ball get out of his hands because it, it sticks a little bit. And and But LeBron is the type of guy that, like, if Anthony Davis is just going supernova for two and a half months, LeBron is going to make sure that he continues to do that. Like, he'll just feed him the ball. Like, LeBron doesn't need to be the guy that scores tons of points. He, he, will, he will be perfectly fine if Anthony Davis averages 40 and 25, I think, and they win the title. Whereas I think with some other teams, like, there isn't that necessarily, like, clear delineation between, like, stars and I think like that's part of what makes LeBron both you know why people don't like him or think he's not a killer but also what makes him great is that like if we may really see Anthony Davis be the best player in the bubble like it's very possible because LeBron will allow allow that to happen and with the Clippers I just think Kawhi is going to try to be a killer again because that's what he does and I think like that's his reputation it might end up hurting them because they may not be able to integrate their guys correctly in this short period of time.
0: Yeah. Just, if he, we we said it too. Like if he, he's like a robot in a way, but like he doesn't have like the fluidity, like, I don't know, mentally basketball like you wise where it's like, he seems like he's in two modes. He's like, I'm going to score or I'm not going to score. Yeah. or know? I'm going like, to pass. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like he, he kind of makes a decision almost ahead of time. Um, I mean, it looked like whereas, that on the
1: last play on Thursday, right? right? Like it was but if very it's happened odd.
0: before. Like he just doesn't have like the vision that LeBron, like you said, like LeBron is always going to make the right play. Basketball-wise, whether it's the right with the media or the fans or not. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it is scary. But I, my takeaway is, like, Kawhi's just become such a good shooter. That's something LeBron has, has still not had. So, like, I just think maybe he can play that way and win, you know, if, if the supporting cast is there, We saw it last year. I mean, like, I, I trust him to hit these shots.
1: We're on uncharted um, territory where there is, like, a very good chance that there are several players who are better than LeBron James in this current bubble.
0: And he's situation. healthy, as long as he's healthy. But who knows? And so well, that leads us to the third pick. It's it's a <clears throat> nail-biter here. I mean, Blake's picking at? the Lakers with one of his picks. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, go, I'm picking, I'm pick picking them them the
2: Rockets forth. first, symbolically, because I want the, they're going to win the championship, so I at least <laughs> want them to be my first pick. So I pick the Rockets, and then I'll pick the Lakers.
1: Let's talk about the Rockets for a second. Uh, I think, so tremendous. James Harden, the guy's the best. Uh, Russ is going to be a problem, I think. Uh, I, I think you can... Sh- spread the Rockets out very far and take advantage of Harden and Russ's ball watching. And it it seemed like Dallas did that on Friday night where Luka just pushed in transition, got in the paint a ton. And then obviously Porzingis had a great game, but like I'm worried about the Rockets from what I saw on Friday, from a defensive standpoint, they seem so much more with it, so much more switchable. I am very concerned that teams are going to spread them out and they don't have the length to really just outscore everyone. They they basically ran down Dallas, right? Like Dallas got tired. Dallas scored like a hundred and what, they scored like one hundred and fifteen points through three quarters and then scored twenty in the fourth. And like I, I'm just worried that better teams and and smarter teams
2: I, I mean in fairness, uh, are the explain. scoring in the fourth quarter was very low for both teams.
1: Yeah it was. The no, game got the game it wasn't like slower. The
2: Rockets Caught up from down
1: by twenty or something. And and, you know, Houston played without Eric Gordon. Hopefully, he comes back and makes some shots. He's he's way worse than playoff Harden. Zan, he he really struggles. It seems like in big games. But I worry about that with Houston because I just don't know that you're going to be able to score 150 points on everybody. But I do think that they match up particularly well with the Lakers. I think that the Clippers and the Bucks are both
0: right very tough matchups. It's it's working out for them because like if they just skipped right to the playoffs, they would have been the sixth seed. That's a tough road. You have to beat Denver. You have to beat the Clippers and then the Lakers. But if they're going to get into the 4-5 range, which they are now, you're going to play Utah or Oklahoma City. That seems like an easier win. And then, as you said, the Lakers are probably a better matchup for them in the second round. So, you know, those are two of Blake's teams maybe going head-to-head in round two.
1: We're drafting. So we're going right to the fifth pick? Because that was my only thought on Houston was I just thought defensively like I thought Russ was very, very bad defensively on Friday night. And that's a it's tough if he's just gonna like not be super engaged while he's switching. Like I love the energy that he brings. I think it's great. And you could tell like he he wants to win, but he was so bad on offense, and I thought he was really, really even more poor on defense despite the rebounding bump, which I always give him. So that that's you know, well, and it'll take and a the,
0: minute. And to the Lakers and Anthony Davis's credit, like Dallas made a point at a certain point in that game to be like, Hey, Houston's really small let's throw in Boban and go to him in the post and like really try to take advantage of their lack of size. And obviously like that's not a sustainable long-term strategy because Houston's probably fine with that. But if Anthony Davis is that big guy and he can actually be aggressive and and score inside, get a lot of offensive rebounds and control the glass, like then the Lakers don't lose much defensively.
1: Yeah, Um, you're right. You're right. So if
0: they can shoot, it depends on shooting, I guess. Okay, and so they,
1: they tried to do that before the NBA shut down. Houston and LA played like a great game where Russ was was really good. And I think that we saw that with Anthony Davis.
0: Um okay, to speed it up, so with the next pick, it's this is tough. This is another tier, probably. I'm always in these tough positions. Teams you can consider record wise, Toronto, Denver. I'm gonna go with Boston though. And my logic what? is <laughs> <Not> <laughs> uh, that's a good pick. No, but Blake said it too. Like, how did Boston stay with Milwaukee? I'm like, I just think Boston's really good. They are I mean, really like, good. You know, you're talking about top five offense, top five defense. They have a lot of wings. They're well coached. I like Daniel Tice. I think he's a good solution for them at center. Um, I think they have enough talent. And I'm, I think they're low a high floor too, because if they're the three seed, they'll probably match up with, I'm banking, Indiana. Should be in the first round win.
1: Yeah, this is a good pick.
0: I think they can maybe probably 50-50 at least beat Toronto in the second round. And then they'll probably lose to Milwaukee. But hey, that's 10 wins in my pocket right there. So I'm going to take Boston.
1: Yeah, I'm pretty mad about that because Boston does have the better draw because it seems very unlikely that the, the Sixers, if they're going to be taken seriously at all, need to finish in fifth. Uh, I'm going to take Toronto as the second pick, I guess. Uh, I'm not super happy with any of these teams. I don't particularly believe in Denver. I just think the West is so tough. I'd rather take a team that I think will almost assuredly win a first-round series, and that's Toronto, and then I will do something insane and just pick Philly and hope that things go well. Because I think if we're going to pick a team in the East, although I have been trumpeting how much I like Miami, and I think that Miami is not afraid to play anyone, I'd rather take the upside pick of like, hey, maybe Philly gets hot, figures it out, because they're the one team I think that truly, truly, truly has the best matchup for Giannis. They have a rim protector in Embiid if he's locked in, and then they also have Ben Simmons who can guard him. Then they have Al Horford who they're going to bring off the bench, and I think that he gives you a rim protector on the second unit. So I'm going to say how stupid this is going to sound when they just lose to Miami in the first round, but I'd rather go for the upside play of one team that I think actually could beat Milwaukee if every single thing broke. Right. And I'm going to, I'm going to go with my guy, Brett Brown and the Philadelphia 76ers as my third pick.
0: It's a bold pick. Um, and you said good upside there. And if they beat Milwaukee, you have Milwaukee too in our draft, right? So yeah, you win either way. I, I'm going to be more conservative at this point in the draft. I'm like, I just want to collect wins, four or five wins, six wins. And I think the most likely team to do that for me would be Denver here. I think if they're the three spot, as long as they avoid Houston, you know, and if they drop down to four, they might have problems. But if they stick at three, they'll win the first round, then lose in the second round. But hopefully that's five wins for me there, six wins maybe. So I'm going to take Denver with my next pick.
1: Real quick, the play-in round does not count as a playoff win, right? Like, we're not counting if Portland beats once and then Memphis wins. They don't each get one, correct? Correct. Okay. All right. That'd
2: be a good lesson for the NCAA tournament to learn. We're not buying that your play games counts as, like, NCAA tournament
0: wins. Like, it's it's very, they no, to it's, make that happen? Like, that was the first round? That is, they, yeah, still,
1: a, they still do that. They, yeah. They, that if you it's really like uh, look,
2: seven, seven rounds of the NCAA tournament. Yeah, but if, the first you, round is, like, two games on Tuesday night.
1: Yeah, if you go online and you look at it, it always says, like, the first-round games now are listed as second-round games, which is, like, super, 30. super annoying. Like, just take away four spots. Like, just let – it's whatever. It's a story for another day. All right, Blake, you get two picks.
2: Uh, I'm going to take uh, Andre Iguodala and his cronies in Miami. Um, and I am also going to take the team that's going to beat Z- uh, Zandrick's Nuggets. I'll take the uh, Thunder.
0: Wow. What's your logic with the Thunder? I mean, I know they have a good collection, but how do you, what do you think their path forward is?
1: It's just a pick on Chris Paul. They have a better matchup. Like Denver and Utah are definitely better than, are definitely worse than like Houston and the Clippers, right? So you would pick a team that has... A, like a chance to win a couple games, I think.
0: Yeah, it, it, we're talking about now teams. You know, maybe you win a round one, but Miami's
1: the sneaky. Miami's the sneaky pick here because they're just so solid. And like, if they do play Philly in the first round, like that's just going to be an absolute slugfest.
0: Yeah, I think I think Miami's a great pick. I think Miami's closer to Toronto and Boston in terms of just quality. I think they're like right up there. Um, it's just a, maybe a tough draw if they have to play Milwaukee in the second round. Um, that's why I didn't consider them that, that high. And now I don't know. This is a tough one because now you're talking about teams that I don't think are going to win the first round. <laughs> I think maybe I'm just biased because I watched them last night and their offense is so freaking good.
2: Hold on, hold on. Sorry, I just got a yeah. call. Uh, the Utah Jazz are calling me from the green room. They were invited to the draft <laughs> day and they're like, very embarrassed that they haven't been picked yet. Rudy Gobert said he's sorry for the causing coronavirus in this pandemic, but he's not sure why, why are we not getting picked with the number four seed in the West? And then he said, is it the great Rodney Dangerfield who said,
1: I want some respect. They actually, and they won a game on Thursday night too. (laughs) And it's like, whatever. Yeah.
0: They could win a first round. They're probably the most likely team to win a first round. So, and I could debate them. Um, Gosh, yeah. Maybe you're talking me into him just for this, that Rodney Dangerfield bit alone. The, the butcher Rodney
2: Dangerfield bit. Cause obviously <laughs> we all know. Well, the, the team I that can't I was, get no respect, but I imagine that Rudy Gobert would, would adorably butcher it. If he were to quote. Him. He would. Yeah. He
0: would. It, 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 I'll tell you, you know what? You talked me into him for that reason. And then also I'm banking on Quinn Snyder, good coach, good system. I really like Royce O'Neal. Hopefully he yeah, can Royce keep Neal. shooting yeah. threes. Um, I, you know i think they're probably going to lose in first round and, and win one or two games but the, at least there's the chance they win the first round so i'll go with them next
1: i think that's a mistake i'll just say why I, like they rudy is really good against like every single team except houston so if houston's their most logical matchup i just think like that's the toughest matchup for them, and then without Bogdanovich as well, like they're just so weak on the wing. How was your guy George's Niang on Thursday night?
0: I don't think he played a lot.
1: Yeah, section, like. one of your better one of your better takes. I'm glad I you can't left believe out. I
2: just baited Zandrick into picking the team. I, yeah, I'm, I'm glad,
1: just, glad you left that. At, to, to well, the I. They're not. I don't know if they'll get swept. They might win one game. They might win one if they play Houston. I just think Houston's a terrible matchup for them because well, they can was, play there off the team,
0: There was another team that I would be excited to take, but I just I don't want to overreact. And I think they'll probably go next. So you can talk.
1: Yeah, about I'm going to take Dallas just because they're the best team left. Like their offense is. They have the best offense in the league. They have a superstar and Luca uh, Porzingis is great. 39 points on Friday night. I, I just. It just sucks. You have to. They're they're likely going to play the Clippers. Like it's going to be very very hard. Like maybe the Clippers lose a couple games because they're trying to figure it out, and then Denver's the two seed. And in which case, then I'm feeling pretty good because I I actually would probably bet them over Denver from what I know. I just think they're better than Denver. But it just stinks that like Dallas lasts this long because their most likely matchup is probably the, the yeah. That, that, honestly, in the that's league. why that's but why Dallas I didn't is take awesome. Them. Like Dallas is really really good.
0: But you know what to dalla's credit yeah, it's like people always say offense number one offense number one offense point differential overall plus five point nine yeah you know it's really close to the clippers six point four so yeah. like they might uh, point differential are the third best team in the west and you know a top eight team overall so i I think you i mean if they get by the clippers, what's the limit for this team
1: yeah i I don't i mean. When you have big stars, like you can always win the title, I, I would say that I think that they're this team is not ready to win at that high of a level yet. And you can tell I think they're two and nine in games decided by three points or less. So even if you just regress to the mean, right? Like let's just say they, they end up going, what is that, 11? They go five and six in those games. You're talking about being the, the four seed or the three seed, right? So I just think they've probably been a little bit unlucky. You, you do need to learn how to win as, as younger guys, and that's crazy to say because, like, Luca's won at every single level he's played at. You know, they won the EuroLeague. You won EuroLeague MVP. They won, if I remember correctly, they won the FIBA Euro Cup right, Slovenia. So, like, I think they're ready to go, but I, I just said, like, I just don't think they're better than the Clippers, and that's the only problem. If they can somehow find a way to play someone other than the Clippers in the first round, I would be much more excited about this bit. Uh, now the rest of the teams just stink, right? Like, should yeah. I just take... Portland just so we can talk about them, or uh, I mean so, cause like, so, no, so
2: you guys really do think like the Pacers are not coming to play I know I, that we kind of like, like they that.
1: don't have they, right they don't have Sabonis right and then like Victor Oladipo wasn't going to play and now he is going to play but like TJ Warren's hurt like I just think their team is their roster isn't the Brooklyn Nets which is the most hilarious like roster I've ever seen for a team that's going to make the playoffs but like I just don't Indy to me is just like, they're just not that good, right? Like, you would you would think, like Portland and Memphis, I think, are both better picks than than Indy, right? So you want to
0: go Portland, that's your next pick?
1: I don't know. Probably should pick Memphis, right? Just because Memphis is probably statistically – I can't give the, like, Milwaukee Bucks, like, statistically you guys are dumb and I'm smart, and then I pick a team that has to win two games <laughs> instead of a team that has to win one, right? I, I think so, Portland's more likely to beat the Lakers in a well, few Well, this games, is, like, your
0: but, upside – floor ceiling
1: I don't know I, I really don't know honestly I could flip a coin on it I think both teams are quite good I think Memphis uh, would Jaron Jackson was really good not a great draft take by you Zan by the way he was pretty freaking good on uh, Friday but I don't know I guess I'll just take Portland just for the upside play and because it's fun like I would like to see Damian Lillard against the Lakers I, I think that would be a super fun series I think they would probably beat Memphis twice but it's hard to say
0: that's interesting. They're not going
1: to catch Memphis.
0: Well, you're very much... your. The theme of your picks have been upside. Philly and Portland maybe could get lucky. Dallas, too. I mean, that's not a good pick, but, you know, upside pick, too. I, I don't really understand it, though, because, like, say Portland gets in, which is no guarantee. Maybe they could win two games against the Lakers. Maybe, I guess. I could see that. Maybe. I, I just don't see them having the balance to do that. So, like, a team like Indy do you think look indy- you're counting on maybe i'm hoping for two wins but i think it's possible and at least they're they're at the party already i guess
1: that's i guess that's right like they're gonna yeah. have a chance they're gonna make the playoffs like even orlando who will probably be the seven seed like maybe orlando wins a game or two off Toronto. just right because. like i was
0: debating between who's more likely to win two games indy or orlando and i'm gonna say indy so that would be my pick
2: all right that's good i, that, I got the, the guy i was wanting the whole time i think if, I think Orlando is more likely to win a series
1: than than Indiana. That's true. No, what? No, that's
2: <laughs> you just agreed with me on though. No way. So <laughs> that's the
1: part where you disagree. Wait, no way. What are you talking about? Orlando is going to likely end up playing Toronto, Toronto. right? Yeah. And like Toronto is much better than them and Indy is going to end up playing Philly I think so, Boston. First of
2: all, Orlando's the home team. Second of all, <laughs> yeah, last year true. in the playoffs Who's the only team that beat the team that went on to be the champion in the first game on the road? Orlando. I thought Orlando was going to win the series last year against the Raptors.
0: And the and that was with Kawhi, Jonathan Isaac back. Yeah. I mean, like all you know, all negative press aside, like they weren't sure if he was going to play, and so he played, and he's a big part of that team. I Maybe really, could, I like, really choke like Orlando. That's like
2: a wild card in the playoffs and I, I, I based on the team I have I, you can tell I like my wild
1: cards I, I think that uh the they're more likely to win a series take is not very good but I actually do I agree with
2: that I do <laughs> think Orlando true.
1: is probably undervalued like just in the sense that like they have a lot of like pretty good players that's it they just have good players right
0: yeah they could win an ugly game or two for sure
1: definitely maybe if Terrence huh. Ross like remembers how to shoot
0: um, okay, so now it's Blake again, right? We, I'm not. Are we going to continue? We've yeah, let's 15. keep going. Because we're all, we're not even done with the playoffs, right? That's only right. 15. What are we doing?
1: 18? Because like, here's the thing: I was we were arguing about this, right? But like, do we really need to pick the Wizards? Like, really? Do we yeah, need to? Pick we're the going Wizards? all
0: the way. We're going all the way down to Cleveland and Atlanta. <laughs> We're doing it all now. Just let's do one more, two more rounds.
2: Okay. So, uh, all right. So I guess Memphis. I'll take with the sixteenth pick.
0: Yeah, because I thought was inter- that's an interesting pick because it's like I was curious. Memphis has to play in, maybe, maybe not. And then for the honor of playing the Lakers versus, well,
1: it's almost I a guess- guarantee they have to play in now, all right, right? I mean, yeah, I guess yeah. not a guarantee, but
0: versus Brooklyn, who's going to play Milwaukee? Can they get a win? Probably not, right? But, I mean, logically, I would have to go with them there, just hoping that they win a game. Because I think, I don't think New Orleans, I would have loved to take them, but I just don't think they're making it. I don't think they have what it takes right now.
1: And there's no way. Like, Brooklyn, I'm sorry. Like, they're going to make the playoffs and they're going to play. Can they win a game? I mean, Brooklyn Brooklyn might get caught, right? Like, Brooklyn actually might have to play the Wizards, who also have a very poor roster. Like, Brooklyn may have to play in the play-in game, which originally I didn't think would happen. But, like... Brooklyn's roster is, like, hilarious. It's so great.
2: Tyler, you're talking like a guy who didn't see Brooklyn's 18-0 run
1: to finish <laughs> up the game in the opening night. So. I just think that, like, Milwaukee, why can't we just zoom to the second round of the playoffs for Milwaukee? Like, I have zero interest in watching the Bucks versus either the Nets or the Wizards. Just no interest in it at all. Oh, man. Do you think no, the margin Milwaukee, of victory?
0: Yeah, it, it could be the biggest, like, mismatch in playoff history seriously here.
1: do you think the margin of victory will average 15 points or do you I think, think they would? tried yeah
0: but that's why if i took the Brooklyn in this i would think maybe they're up 3-0 and then they give them a game um
1: yeah maybe
0: but i i think the spread would be over 10 points i think per game don't you think
1: Perfect.
2: yeah how, how much worse
0: support.
1: do you
2: think uh uh Brooklyn or Washington or who I guess it was one of those two like basically how much worse do you think that the Bucks' upon this year will be than last year's opponent of Pistons without Blake Griffin I mean that was a, I, mean, a I pretty think pretty bad roster
1: man the Bucks. though I mean like Pistons yeah, okay Griffin
2: last year yeah, I mean, I mean they, they obviously swept them
1: so it was that's fair I, I guess that's a fair point like this is too I mean the bottom of the east is just so bad but like the Wizards no Bradley Beal no Davis Bertans the Nets like know anybody, like Karis Levert and Joe Harris, like the, the Nets have like I don't know, they'll have Michael Beasley by then. That'll be exciting, right? Let him shoot it a million times a game. I'm excited for that. Um,
0: yeah. is it my think, turn? would you would you guys agree that Brooklyn and Washington they might make the playoffs probably the worst teams in the bubble, is that fair to say?
2: No, it's Brian's uh, sorry. I think so.
0: Okay, I, so yeah, finish it off if you remember the teams. There's there's Five teams left. Yeah, I can take... Wait, Xander, who did you pick? I took Brooklyn. So Uh, I can
1: take the Wizards. I can take the Spurs. I can take the Pelicans. I can take the Kings. Kings Kings-Spurs was actually a pretty good game. Boy, this is a super lame thing. I'll just take the Pelicans. Who cares? Like none of these teams are gonna (laughs) be. Who
2: cares? They don't. They definitely don't like
1: it'll be fun to actually have some skin in the game to root for the Pelicans. But now they're what are they, three and a half back of Memphis at this point. They're a game back of Portland, half a game back of the Spurs, tied with the Kings. I don't know. If they're not going to play Zion, it's not likely going to happen. But I also know like, maybe
0: they get like flack for not playing him, and then and they then play him should. a little
1: bit more. Yeah, I don't know. But I'll just take the Pelicans. Okay, Since one my more last picture. Pick or I have one more. No, get oh, one
0: okay. more. Let's finish it off.
1: All right, I'll uh, I'll take the Spurs. I guess. What a okay. sad state of affairs. The bottom of the bubble. is. Well, the
0: Spurs. You know, whatever. It doesn't matter. totally inconsequential. The Spurs have a playoff streak of twenty years. I think. And so it would be a nice little thing for them to sneak in. Um, that would be something to play for just to keep the streak alive. And I think they're, they're close to doing it. Look, look, they're a game and a half back of Portland. And I'll tell you the other team that I'll take right now just to finish it off from my team. I'm really disappointed the Kings lost that first game. Because I'm like, I think at full strength, the Kings are one of the best of these lower teams. Like, you know, especially they had some rhythm coming in before the shutdown. They have some shooting. I, I think they're not bad. Um, but to lose the first game is just really negative momentum for them. But maybe they get hot.
1: In the why morning. Why do we know why Buddy Heald only played 19 minutes on Friday?
0: He played really badly. He's coming he off the bench. I mean, really I don't bad. really get what they're doing. But. Are
1: they? So they give Buddy like a night. This is maybe a conversation for another day. But like they give Buddy like 90 million and then they just like kind of like put him out to pasture. It's very odd, the situation with Buddy Heald. Like he needs to played the most minutes on
0: their team. Well, and also, like, Bogdanovich, they put in and kind of highlighted him. He was good. Yeah, he was good. And he is good, but he's a free agent, so you're basically, like, highlighting a guy that you're going to have to pay more now.
1: I am disappointed just in the Kings in general. Like, I I really wanted to see Marvin Bagley, and, like, this has just been not a great year.
0: So, Blake's last pick is either Phoenix or Washington.
1: Well, i will definitely pick Washington. They
2: at least have a better chance of making the playoffs.
1: Yeah, I mean, Phoenix... Phoenix lit him up, though. Rui looked pretty good on Friday. That's a nice little – it's funny that, like, Sacramento and San Antonio happened, it wasn't on TV. Nets and Orlando happened, it wasn't on TV. And then, like, the Wizards and Suns happened. So, like, they put these teams in the bubble because they are like, we got to get Zion in. And then they're just like, okay, these games don't matter. Like, you i know. forgot
2: that the nets weren't on tv because they i'm in new york and they were right, on on the, and the yes network and i watched. yeah them.
1: and the wizards were on nbc sports washington because my mother was watching <laughs> it and she was texting me like who are these players on the wizards like they have shabazz napier and i was like yeah, yeah talk
2: is- about the uh the not knowing the fringe players because of the social justice messages everyone on the Nets, i was like <laughs> very confused <laughs> who is making these this 18-0 run at the end of the game, because it was the back of their bench too.
1: Blake, real quick before we sign off, because we've gone a little long. Uh, who was the most surprising player you saw in the Nets roster? Like beforehand, where you literally were, you were just watching. You haven't paid attention. Like, who was the most surprising guy to see get minutes for them? Was there anyone on their team that you had never heard of before?
2: Let's see. Um, pulling up the. I'm, I, I, I think I know. I,
1: I think I know the answer to this, but
2: um uh yeah a lot of players i didn't
1: know <laughs> <laughs> jeremiah martin and Dante no, hall I I, martin went to lsu right no that's oh. that this is jeremiah martin <laughs> then, from, that was yeah, this put is put him on the
2: list of guys yeah, yeah i didn't Memphis. know jeremiah martin um, donta
1: hall alabama i was like these guys like they just picked you know they called guys up from the g league that look good it's a smart decision right same with chris chioza like just look and see if you have any cheap guys for next year because you're gonna have to have some cheaper guys but like The Nets roster is just like a who's who of, like, good G League players. I love it. Yeah, I mean, I
2: would say maybe a better way to answer the question is that um, they had how many players? Uh, Eight players play from their bench. And uh, other than Tyler Johnson and uh, Garrett Temple, I did not know the other six (laughs) players.
1: (laughs) And then, well, the good news is they'll get Jamal Crawford, they'll get uh, Michael Beasley. So it'll be, you know, it'll be great. I'd
2: rather, I like it this way better. I like looking up the players and – Anyway, let's do like, a
0: recap. Is this, is this like a major league scenario where like a bunch of underdogs yeah. like pull it together and win?
1: I mean, the Wizards are the same way. Like, the Wizards roster is uh, uh, just a who's who of like, who are these people?
0: But do you want to do yeah. a recap? Who wrote it right. down well?
1: I wrote it down.
2: All right. So, uh, Tyler's team, the Beasts of the East, he's got the Bucks, the yeah, Raptors, the 76ers, and then he's got Dallas, Portland, New Orleans, and San Antonio. I'm going to win. Unless East the Bucks heavy. win.
1: Unless yeah. the Bucks win the title, I'm going to lose. And even um, then, I might still lose. Could endorse it for
2: the teams that you just picked, having the first pick in the draft. All right. Zandrick. He's got the Clippers, the Celtics, the Denver Nuggets, the Utah Jazz, who were getting very stiff and angry in the green room. Indiana, Brooklyn, and your Sacramento Kings. And then uh, Blake's team is uh, Houston, Lakers, the Miami Heat, Oklahoma City Thunder, Orlando, Memphis, and everyone's favorites, labor—the Washington Wizards.
0: Here, I would a, say I would say Blake's team's the best. My team's like the safest, and then Tyler's probably the worst team. But hey, if Milwaukee wins sixteen, <laughs> what, do you,
1: what do you think the over/under for total wins is going to be for this?
0: I don't know you just have to figure out the math of it what is no, it? I'm, yeah how I'm saying games? like you,
1: you know like but you don't know how many games are gonna get played is the point like you know how many wins are gonna happen right 16 wins right. For, but you don't know oh, that's true
0: so if you if like I, I was thinking if I picked Dallas and I, I had the Clippers I would hope it would go to seven games
1: exactly so you get seven wins if you have both that's but I'm true. saying like so what do you think what do you think the winning team's gonna have 55
0: I didn't really do the math there. I did write them all down in terms of expected totals, though. So I could do the math.
1: Just a thought. Uh, I mean, just, I was just curious. like, yeah, you, again, you, you don't know. but I'm throwing, I'm throwing out
2: one prediction slash word of caution. So I think that you said that the Clippers on paper are probably the best team. Maybe. Obviously, they're, they're amongst the best teams. They're very good. And I think that if this was a non corona world, I think they would have won the championship. But I think that uh, this is you know me playing armchair psychologist with no degree. But I feel like they are a team that is like when the brightest lights, the biggest stage is there, they turn it on and they're ready to rock. And because the whole situation is very weird and that isn't like a brightest light, it's like you're not going to have Jack Nicholson there. You're not going to have like... Like, all the pomp and circumstance, I feel yeah. like they're just kind of going to be a little lethargic about it. Uh,
1: being ro- being no. robbed of Lakers-Clippers in Staples Center is kind of the biggest bummer of this, I think. I mean, there's a lot of bummers, obviously. Yeah, how what's if, that? Some COVID people are dead. Like, that's, Yeah, it's, that's a bummer. It's, I, I was <laughs> saying that. I was getting there. I was getting there. <laughs> but in terms of an NBA standpoint, like, I mean, Stan, you live there. Like, how crazy? I mean, obviously, there's way more Lakers fans, but I'm sure there's a bunch of bandwagon Clippers fans. Like, it would Not be very, really.
0: Honestly, but, like, I would say – the, the La <laughs> it, is like 75 uh, percent Lakers, at least which
1: is 75%. like Clippers Lakers in LA. I think
2: I, I feel the same way here. I like I, I, you know, I'm pretty reclusive, but like I don't think I've met a single Nets fan in the <laughs> tri-state area. I know that like they're the new thing, but like I've never met anyone that's like like people still like the Knicks. And it's sad.
1: Like, are you? Uh, you mentioned this earlier. Like, you you're not going to like paint your body or paint your face for your book. Are you interviewing Patrick Warburton?
2: Oh, that's a great, great segue. Of course.
1: <laughs> I
2: just was curious. When you said that, I was like, man.
0: But for, yeah, that's Putty. Putty and Blake, and from Blake, Seinfeld. And Blake, you you had a pretty funny
2: thing. I was to you guys that, like, uh, you know, I love finding archival material. So I found, like, the Hollywood Reporter special issue from the day Seinfeld went off the air May 14th, 1998. And in it, a lot of the cast members and producers and people in Hollywood wrote messages like, oh, thanks for the memories or, you know, congratulations. And Patrick Warburton's ad was very funny. He made a his joke was that he could only afford a quarter of a page, uh, unlike John O'Hurley, who plays Jay Peterman, <laughs> he bought a full page. Um, so Putty was always i a, oh. a long time Putty fan. I mean the no, whole, no. whole the whole Larry David book is really just like a Trojan horse for me to talk to my heroes, and people <laughs> who, who did things that I think are really cool. Yeah, and stuff. if
0: you missed that episode, Blake like announced, I'd like to say on our show he didn't on our show, but we mentioned it again <laughs> that your next book's going to be about Larry David. A lot of insight, a lot of interviews are coming. And it's going to be a while before it comes out, but people can follow you on Twitter or buy your other books to kind of prepare, but like a whole inside, I don't think it's ever been done behind the scenes about Larry David and, and Seinfeld and Curb Enthusiasm, it's like totally up our alley and our household. Yeah. Yeah. Well,
2: and especially that. and what makes it so fascinating is that so much of that, sh- of both shows of Curb Your Enthusiasm, Seinfeld truly are based on real life things. Like whether it's Larry David actually being involved in a, who can avoid masturbating for the longest contest or even just very little things. Like I think I, maybe I should clip. I shared with you guys of, um, one of the writers, uh, his wife was on a ski retreat with another couple and the husband shushed her during the song Desperado because that's his special song, like all these little things. So, uh, I I like that aspect. Uh, the the funny thing too. And the funny thing, uh, that's the episode I believe where Jerry is trying to get tickets from Alec Berg Berg, Berg. and Alec Berg is a a guy I've been interviewing he's one of the greatest uh, working writers showrunners he does. He co-created Silicon Valley and ran that and runs Barry uh, co-created with Bill Hader. So a lot of fun.
0: You know what I was thinking like, like about Seinfeld that makes that so important is like sitcom stands for situational comedy. Um, But I think with the exception of Kramer, like, the characters are pretty normal, right? I mean, maybe they got more exaggerated over time. I
1: don't know. Given the state our country's in now, there's got to be some Kramers out there. Like, that guy (laughs) might not be – Kramer himself, Cosmo Kramer, might not be that
0: far-fetched. But I'm thinking – but I'm saying, like, these are all – so you have to come up with, like, interesting situations for these fairly normal characters to get into. It's not like – you know, like 30 rock or something where it's just like, right. it's come up with like crazy off the wall ideas that probably never happened to anybody. Like you actually do need interesting situations. Right. Well, that, to-
2: that, that was the, that, that's what's, that was the thing that was so great about it. Like the, the Seinfeld writers had a, have a standard, the, the, any idea that they have, they believe has to be funny when you tell it to someone else. So it can't yeah. just be like, this is the episode where a new neighbor moves in. Like what's, what's funny about the new neighbor? It has to actually be funny. And so much, so many of the episode ideas, especially the like B and C stories, where it's like, they were telling like uh, I says, what's it like to work with Jerry? And Jerry, one of the writers would say, Oh, I remember one time he came to the writers' room and he was complaining how he would just been on a date with this woman and she was driving him crazy because she wouldn't take a, a bite of her pie. And obviously that ended up being an episode and it was just a million little things like that because it, it it was real life stuff. Like you're saying, it, it has to be grounded in some reality, unlike Thirty Rock, which is also a great show. Um,
0: yeah, and, and those are great shows too, but they're they're more like watch this crazy character do something crazy. But like, even that the pie thing, I'm like, that could have been a, it could have bothered George. It could have bothered Elaine or whatever. Like it, it's just something that could bother you on a date. You know,
2: one <laughs> um, interesting thing that I, I, I had made this observation a few years ago, it's certainly not a groundbreaking observation, but, uh, However, grounded or crazy or whatever you think of the four core Seinfeld characters, it's it's interesting that all that all four of them do not have siblings because it's very rare that four yeah. friends. I mean, all all three of us have siblings. Like, I think that that added to the show in a way. Like, it made them distant from family, and, and I don't know. I it was they just did mention
0: they did mention Elaine having a sister, though.
2: Yeah, and George mentioned having a brother, but obviously they they didn't they didn't like, show them but I think it, wasn't part, say, it wasn't part I, of the
0: show yeah i think it, it also
2: was not part of like the canon i guess i could find that for sure like i
0: feel like by yeah, the end yeah, of the show they, none
2: of them actually did have stuff like you know wouldn't elaine's sister
0: come to the trial of the century well, I, like and then also something <laughs> you'll you get
1: know, to I'm, ask that question blake that's the best part about this is you can actually bring part. that up and see like why didn't you <laughs> yeah. write it like that well
0: and i'll tell you yeah. something this is kind of like nerdy thing to talk about but you know network sitcom oh my god those are lame right it's just so freaking hard to do. I'm looking at up 180 episodes of a show and like, I, you know, thanks to Netflix, go back and watch shows like the office, the the American office. I'm like, you could see a dip in quality and, you know, they're searching for storylines and you, you see like community, I like community, but there's, they were kind of running out of steam and they would even (laughs) make fun of how they were running out of steam. Um, and Seinfeld, I think, got a little worse, no doubt. But like to do 180 episodes of like so situations of four people in New York, it's like so freaking hard. Well, I mean, that, I, that's I
2: initially recall. what attracted to me about the story was like Larry David and his proving it with Curb and other aspects of his career. Like one of the greatest comedic minds, well, one of the most talented, one of the most able to succeed in the parameters you're talking about, where every week it's put out a show. But but he chose to walk away from Seinfeld on why? And largely it was the burnout of You have to freaking do 22 of these, 24 of these for like, you know, over 30 weeks of the year. Right. And that's why,
0: like, I I hate, like, you know, look, the bbc office is great but what was it like 12 episodes it
1: was really short yeah, right it was, it was two, two
2: seasons six seasons
0: people people love freaks and geeks i love freaks and geeks 18 One episodes yeah. like what would freaks and geeks have been that like? was at least hour long though I right well like it. in season six would have been good i don't know
1: but that's what i was gonna say like everyone, talk, you know i just use the office right because i would guess that people that are a bit younger and didn't grow up with seinfeld would say that like the office if you asked them like hey what's the best like Actual sitcom like a lot of people would say the office, right? And they had a ton of episodes, but there was a huge kind of like season. Two, season two was awesome, right? Really, really good. And then by the time they got into like seven and eight, like the show had definitely lost its fastball. But I never hear anybody really say that about Seinfeld, especially not people that watched it live. Well, I right? think I think it
0: I think it suffered a little. It bit definitely later, got worse. Left, yeah. Um, maybe Blake will get into that in his book. I don't know if you can say that or not. Maybe I would. But be you I
2: had this argument, or not a this discussion offline because like I think that you know from like an art critic standpoint i would say that it got worse but actually at the time when i was a 17 year old kid i thought that the broader stuff on seinfeld like the hello and yeah. the merv griffin set which was very ridiculous like i that was like totally up my alley so I I, See, I I was
0: i was more sophisticated as a kid yeah, I, yeah. I thought it played a little broad
2: <laughs> but, all right well let me ask you mr sophisticated this is another question so <laughs> so so some of the something i keep hearing from everyone i speak with you know that all, all every member of the crew the writer's crew cast would like go watch the tapings the tapings were a big deal and Seinfeld. you know jerry would get out in front and give a speech before every episode and and even unlike other shows like if there was something that they shot on location so it wasn't being filmed in front of a live studio audience they would actually play the clip like they wanted the audience to have the experience of watching the full episode and understanding it and anyway the long-winded way of saying that there's this reputation for laugh tracks being like very stupid and personally i prefer an you know a single camera show without a laugh track but like why is that like they added the laughs like they were filmed in front of a live studio audience those laughs are people laughing at oh, well, i, laughing at so. I well. didn't i didn't know that
0: Okay. Oh yeah, I, I attended a Seinfeld taping, um, and I heard did. somebody else. <laughs>
2: wait, does have either of you ever w-
1: had your mother win a contest and appear on an episode of Seinfeld? <laughs>
0: did that happen to uh, you?
2: It yeah. happened to Sandra.
1: Wait, Sandra, this man, is... your mom was on an episode of Seinfeld. What episode?
0: It's a kind of. A, a speaking You can tell us part, right? after the you can tell us off the air. Yeah. No. She
1: had a
2: speaking part.
0: No, like, no, no. I'll explain. No,
2: it she, she lucked into a speaking part, right?
0: No, not quite. It was um, so they, it was like a school kind of thing, like charity, whatever, donate to the school. Um, and one of the prizes was you get to be an extra on Seinfeld, and you know, for Jewish parents in L.A., what a what a <laughs> thrill. Um, so she gets a role as an extra, and they put her in like the diner, and she's just like, oh you no, know, it was a restaurant. Uh, when jerry and george are on like a dinner date and they cut they actually like she's supposed to be in the background but they're like let's cut to her because they um it was the episode where um george you know like somebody said to him like um it's not you it's me do you remember that yes if you're a seinfeld diehard you would remember that. if it's
1: anybody it's me Right.
0: No, it's not you. And he says,
1: me. and he says, no, I invented that. He said, I yeah. invent. Yeah, he said, I invented right. that. If it's anybody, it's me.
0: And they have like sort of like this callback later on where they're at a restaurant and they have they're with this lip reader because um, she's deaf, played by Madeline, oh, Marley Matlin. Marley
1: Matlin. Yeah. And
0: then they're watching a couple break up, and they cut to the couple, and then Marley Matlin says she's saying it's not you, it's me, and that woman is are mrs you, Allison? are yeah. you serious i was like
2: i gotta interview your mom <laughs> this is the most
1: mind-blowing thing i've ever heard of because like, yeah but i mean you, if you talk you about watch like, the show you actually you very much remember marley matlin saying like she's saying it's not you it's yeah her. and
0: they cut to her which for an extra like that was a big deal she didn't have a line per se they don't actually show her saying se. it but
1: per se. Wow. It was just voiced by Matlin. <laughs> what a, what an unbelievable episode of the underdogs. sports. <laughs> do you want her, her in the book.
0: Her. She'll all uh, negotiate her.
1: All right. We've right. gone super, super long email Blake. He'll send you a free copy of his book. Uh, that goes for everybody. The thousands of people that email. Him. Yeah, uh, for sure. And NBA bubble. We're going to try to do once we get this in any situation out, I think we're going to try to go twice a week so we can avoid lag time. But for right now, just Mondays, if you open your phone on Thursday mornings and see episodes, then that means we got, it, we got it sorted out. So but right now, just Mondays, basketball, everybody's happy to have it back, right? Yeah, Officials we're all state.
0: excited. You can see it in our voice. Very excited.
1: excited to
2: have it back. I have you some, have some gripes, but overall, NBA.
0: Final thoughts? One, one final word from everybody. Mine is equality. <laughs>
1: Mine is uh, pre-order Blake's books. Go buy Console Wars. Go buy History of the Future. Uh, check out his stuff back with How Did This Get Made. Cool interview we know of about Money Plane. Uh, is it out yet? Like, not yet, right?
2: It'll be out this week.
1: Yeah, so a right. lot of lot of stuff. Great
2: interview with Andrew Lawrence, who you might remember is the youngest brother from Beverly H- Love, the youngest Lawrence brother, Joey Lawrence, <laughs> Matt Lawrence. Uh, my word, the word on the back of my jersey is meritocracy.
1: Wow, shots fired. <laughs> I'm just picking Lori. We're not going to take a stance. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, it's it's fun to have a uh, sports bag. It's fun to go three-man booth. I always enjoy it. And uh, guys, it's always a pleasure. Thanks for listening to the Underdog Sports NBA Show with your hosts, Tyler Laurie and Zandrick Ellison. Tune in next week for more NBA storylines and news.